Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique wellbeing solutions. Today, I am delighted to be talking to Mairead Hagney. Mairead has a huge passion for serving and minding others through her work as a life coach, as a nutrition and lifestyle coach, as a neuroscience coach and a Reiki master. And Mairead teaches people to regain control of their lives and to live more healthily. So Mairead, thank you so much for joining me today. Good afternoon, Brian. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm so I'm, I'm so delighted to be talking to you today, Mairead, and you're so welcome. And can you start off by telling me a bit about yourself and how you got to here? Um, I can. And I, if I wander, stop me, because I have an awful habit of doing that. Look, wandering is good. Wandering well, is good. We, we'll see, as long as I don't bore the life of you. Boy, yeah. Well, I grew up in the west of Ireland, in County Galway. Um, I'm the middle of... Uh, there was five of us. My dad died when I was seven years of age. So I had two older brothers and two younger sisters. I still have. Um, so I suppose when I look back in my life, I, I kind of grew up angry. I might have passed it off pretty OK, but the older I got, I could see I was getting angrier. And then tw- I actually had to look up along what it was. It was 20 years ago. I remember bringing my mother to see... Um, it's a million dollar baby was called, you know, that film. Yeah. And when I was in the cinema, I fainted. I was sitting down. It wasn't particularly, well, it was busy enough, but it wasn't that crowded. And, and I had maybe before that had happened a few times, but I never discussed it with anyone. I kind of brushed it off. I might've fainted before that, but I knew I was in trouble because I couldn't get, I couldn't deny it. Um, cause my mother was really upset and I, as it had happened before, I would be fine after a few minutes. So she was on my case to go to the doctor and I did and I was put on a heart monitor and I went back the following day, I handed it in. And then I came back two days later to the, the results were read out to me. And as I was going into the doctor's surgery, there was an ambulance outside the front door and I was thinking, oh God, that poor, who's gone in there? I was kind of felt sorry for them. And when I got in there, I realized the ambulance was for me. And the doctor said I was going straight to the hospital and I told her I wouldn't. So she kind of got annoyed me and told me I was irresponsible. And she gave me a script for um, medication and she told me I'd be on it for life. And I did walk down to get the medication and I took the first tablet. And I, my memory is they were like gobstoppers. They were huge things anyway. And there were 60 pounds at the time. Mm. And I took the first one. I thought, I can't do this to myself. And so I'm back and told her and she told me I'd be dead within three years. So and I was irresponsible. And I always found that statement that I was irresponsible. I used, even today I can laugh about it. Um, so I came home and I did what I was pretty good at doing. I felt sorry for myself and I cried for probably the best part of a month. Mm-hmm. And I and then and then I started reading about anger because the first thing that came to me was I asked for help. No. I'm not overly religious, but I believed it was kind of divine anyway, whatever direction I was given. So I started reading about anger and I found after a month again, I was just angrier because I I was at the time I liked my knowledge and I liked to read it about it. Mm 
So I um so I remember being upset again and saying, show me what I have to do. And I would wake in the morning and I would hear something, not necessarily words, but I would have a sense of something. And I started following whatever that guidance was. And it brought me on a journey of healing. And I did have to start with my emotions. So as I addressed my anger, my health got better. Mm. Um, and I kept at it and I, been at it since and it's day by day you get it right you don't get it right but you always I believe as long as you put the effort in and you're you have an awareness that how how you are in the world has an impact on your health and as I as I started addressing each one of my emotions my my body got stronger and healthier and my world changed around me so when I get challenged with something now I realize okay go back and look at the emotion behind this and heal it and I, I was taught a practice or I was shown a practice. I, I, I find that kind of hard to explain because I can't even explain to you how I, it was downloaded in me. Mm. But maybe about, it could have been six or eight months after I started this journey, I was, I was on a flight to London and I fainted again. <laughs> and I, remember I was brought into some hospital outside London. No, I woke up, when I woke up, the pilot was sitting in the seat in front of me and he said <laughs> wow. jokingly he said oh i thought you died oh somebody told me you were dead yeah. and i started laughing and i said no i'll be okay in a minute and he said you're going nowhere he said legally you have to go into hospital so i was brought into this somewhere outside london city for the life of me i don't know where it was um and i had a really nice doctor there because i can remember he could even pronounce my name which is kind of amazing yeah. And I, he tested me and he said, I can't see anything wrong with you. And I knew in that moment that I was given a gift. Now, you might say, strange way to get it. Because mm. I wouldn't have gone into a doctor here to get checked out. They, I was there a couple of hours and he said, was I tired? And I said, I really was because it was a really early flight. Could have been around six o'clock. Um, and as I left the hospital, he walked me to the front door and he pointed to where the bus was going from. But I never thought to ask him which side of the road it was. So I went into this shop and there was a young Sikh man working there. I think he was Sikh, you know, when he wore kind of a turban. Yeah. And um, I said to him how I had to get back to the airport. And he walked out with me. Really, he was so kind. And he he told me to sit down. I must look terrible because he told me to sit down. And he said it could be here in so many minutes. So I sat there waiting and got on the bus. And after a few minutes, I realized I was a very much an ethnic minority. And this man got in and he got he was kind of aggressive about white people. And I remember being so exhausted, I couldn't do anything about it. And there were two men in front of me and told me I'd be OK. And I sat on the bus and I remember realizing I was OK, even though there was this angry person shouting at me. Um. And when I got off the bus, I remember thinking I have until 10 o'clock tonight before I before I can fly home. And this was maybe one o'clock in the day. And I got into the airport. I flew with Aer Lingus at the time. And I went to the desk and I said to this, explain to this girl what had happened to me. And I had a really basic ticket. So I didn't think they would change my flight. But she said they would. Wow. And when I turned around, there was a woman behind me. She was actually a doctor. She was a friend of mine. I hadn't seen her in years. So I had her the whole way going home with me. And I remember thinking, this was the gift. I was shown that if I didn't fight things, 
And if I just went with the flow, irrespective of what was happening to me, I was going to be minded. And that was a massive wake up call for me. So they were my two things that woke me up. Wow. Wow. I love that. What a journey. What a journey, Marit. And thanks for sharing that. No, not at all. It was, it was a, it is a bumpy journey, but I kind of knew where I'd gone. I was just a very angry individual and I was fighting everything and thought I had to take the world on and thought I had to control everything. And I was just thought, this is not where you're going to go and this isn't going to work for you. And I realized because I was controlling everything or attempting to, um, life is going to teach me a lesson. And by and large, lessons aren't usually always comfortable. And the more uncomfortable they are, the bigger the lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, we'll come back. We'll definitely come back to that anger piece and kind of giving up control. But for now, we, we'll talk about, you know, kind of diving deeper into how you mind others, like that toolkit that you have. So, you know, like you're, as I said earlier on, you're a life coach, you're a neuroscience yeah. coach, you're a nutrition and, and lifestyle coach, you're a Reiki master. And as I said, you, you teach people to regain control of their lives and live more healthfully. What does that look like? Um, well, can I go back and explain? I, I know I've done courses over the years, but I would tell you that none of those are who I am. Maybe they're yeah. words that, are, that work for people. So if I had to put it in words, what I do is I teach individuals to overcome physical and emotional pain mm-hmm. by harnessing their body's wisdom. So learn to listen to your own body. Your body will always tell you what you to look at. Take mm-hmm. responsibility for their emotions. Um and take control of their lives. And maybe that's the bit that I'm really about taking control of our lives, which is the opposite to being controlling, by the way. Yeah. And when we do that, we live in our power and then we can liberate ourselves from pain. So my whole passion is to teach people how to heal themselves. Mm. Now, healing yourself isn't a quick fix. It's a journey. <laughs> and as we discussed earlier on, Marie, yeah. like society it's all about quick fixes yes. as we said it's all about these people on instagram doing cacao yeah breath work and, and yeah. look at that's that all has its place it has it's all very quick 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 yes. fix and it, that it's almost that kind of a bypassing because a quick fix doesn't work no but it's it's a bit like the, if the foundation of your house is rocky and i was very clear that my foundations were very rocky mm. um and and if there's a crack in the wall and i plaster over it it doesn't make the foundation any stronger so i really go back to the foundation of my belief systems Mm. and i knew i'd build my life on anger i could pass myself but i was still at the core of it i was very angry and i felt hard done by Mm. um so that's kind of where i go back to so i'm i tend to be a long journey i'm not a i'm definitely not a quick fix Mm -hmm. so Will I go through kind of what I maybe the journey or what I teach people because what Please, I was because yeah. what I was shown is what I teach people. It it I didn't come up with any of this myself. I wouldn't, uh, um, but I have spent the last twenty years looking at this, and I would still tell them only at the start of the journey, mm-hmm. and maybe I don't personally believe that we have one go at this life. I think we have lifetimes and we keep evolving. Yeah. So I was a blueprint of my parents. So what they believed and my life experiences, what made me what I was. And I had to go back and say, okay, which one of these are true and which ones do I need to work on and heal or, or change or, and that's the, that can be a kind of a painful journey. Mm. So I've narrowed it down. There's three steps to what I teach people. 
And these three steps take quite a while to learn them. The first one is I teach people how to read their own bodies because I believe the body has no ability to lie to you. Mm -hmm. And that was a massive revelation for me. What it tells me is 100% accurate Um, because it doesn't doesn't try and promote me or it won't. There's no gray area in it. It's just telling me the truth. So that's and that's quite a simple process, how to read your body. So, for example, a pain or an ache in my body is trying to get my attention. And what does that pain mean? Mm-hmm. And that brings me on the journey of what I need to look at. So that's kind of the guidance I get. So it's a, it's a, it's a signal. It's a message. It is. So yeah. I, pain is the precursor to illness. Mm. So you often hear people say, oh, I always looked after myself. And why am I sick? Well, you're not listening to your body. You might mm. be listening to your head. And listening to your head is very different to listening to your body. And I was great at listening to my head. Never listen to my body, mind you. Yeah, and look, like a lot of people, Mairead, that you're in your head, you know, that kind of yeah. self-talk, and the, yeah. you know, have 60,000 thoughts a day, and that monkey mind that yes. you talk about. And yeah, so it, it, you're, most people are in their heads a lot. Well, I think we've been educated to do that, but yeah. it disconnects us from what, what our real power is. Yeah. So, so that's the first step, and that one is pretty straightforward pretty easy to learn it you know you, you can master that quick enough the next step then is where the work is is taking your power back so maybe i'll just step back before i try and explain it i personally believe that we spend our lives being out of our power so when we're out of our power we're trying to control things so if i control you how you feel i take in mm-hmm. and if i'm out of my power i take in pain Full stop. It doesn't matter how I do it. So how do we know we're out of our power? Well, there are two. There are four control dramas, or maybe I'll narrow it down to two. So when I'm angry, I'm out of control, or if I'm judging, I'm out of control. They're the two we're conscious of. The two we're not conscious of are, so if I'm angry, I'm feeling sorry for myself, which is my preferred way of controlling things. Or if I judge, I disconnect from life. Either one of those if I'm aware of being angry or judging, I know I'm taken in pain or I'm taken in how other people feel around me. Yeah. And then what we do is we're trying to fight that. And then we're trying to, so we think of, well, if I could, if I control you, then I won't feel it. But that's why we take in pain because I'm trying to control somebody else. And I only control when I'm out of my own power. Now, am I making that too complicated? No, that makes sense. Okay. And that took me so long to learn it. And I, I won't even say master it. Like sometimes I master it, but sometimes I don't. When life challenges me, our instinct is to go back into this control drama. And my control drama, I think, is my ego. Mm. So when I'm feeling sorry for myself, or if somebody is disconnecting, that's where we let pain in. And then pain becomes illness. And if we're honest, it took me a long time to see it. I was at this all the time. I spent 90% of my life feeling sorry for myself mm-hmm. and that's why i was angry mm-hmm. and because of that i was taking in so much pain and the same happens to the the aloof is the other one when they disconnect from life but they're judging and when they're judging they want they're trying to keep life at a distance but that's when you take in pain as well and i, I, I can almost see there a vicious circle like if it is if you're angry yeah and you're feeling sorry for yourself and you feel hard done by yeah and you're not yeah. in your power yeah and you're taken in pain and that yeah. makes you feel angry and yeah. sorry for yourself and that, so it's a vicious circle isn't it absolutely and we'll even let's make it more complicated 
a poor me and an aloof. And we're either one or the other. They're the best relationships. Really, they are like I'm talking about romantic relationships by far they're the best, but they're also the worst ones because yeah. the poor me irritates an aloof and an aloof irritates the poor me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm feeling sorry for myself and I'm going, oh, yeah, well, let's pretend you're aloof. I will irritate you. And then your disconnection from me wounds my poor me because poor me feel everything and aloof don't want to feel anything. So it's this kind of vicious circle. Yeah. And then, so the world then aggravates what our wound is. And my, my wound, my wound for my whole life was to feel sorry for myself. And I could justify what I was feeling sorry for myself. And I realized, I better change this. This is going to kill me. And can, like, you, you can share this or not, Mairead. Like, you feeling sorry for yourself and you've mentioned that and feeling angry. Yeah. What do you think that was, you know, what was behind that? Well, I, I mean, it's probably too simple. I always put it down to my dad died when I was seven. Yeah. Um, and I'm, but I never came out. That was how I got attention. Yeah. Our control drama is how we learn to get attention before as children. And then like, we might get away with it as a child, but we don't get away with it as an adult. Mm. Mm. I, I remember going for an interview years ago. Um, oh, it was a long time ago. Could be 25 years ago. And I... It was narrowed down to myself and somebody else. And the day before the final interview, I got a call to say that the man interviewing me, his father had died. Um, so it was about two weeks later, I was called in for the final interview. And I went in, the first thing I said to him, I was really sorry. I said, I know what it's like. Now, this man is a grown man. But in that moment, I knew I got the job. It was as clear as day to me. Wow. But I realized I wanted him to feel sorry for me. And he did, because in that moment, but to be fair, his nature was to be an aloof. So I was in a, an irritation to him then <laughs> when we got to know one another better. Because okay. um, poor me is an aloof. They're oil and water. They irritate one another when they're both out of their power and they get on wonderfully if they're both in their power because they're a great combination. Poor yeah. me's are, I say, they're empathic and aloof. They're greater big picture. Um, but I, and I ran into him a few weeks ago and I was, we went and had a cup of coffee and I was telling him about the journey I've been on. And I explained this to him and he started laughing because I genuinely liked this man. And I think he thought I was okay, but I, I irritated him and he irritated me. Yeah. So it was lovely to have that conversation because we were ready to, we were ready to laugh about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is, so is there like, Again, like when you say about teaching people to, to regain control of their lives and yeah. healthfully. Now, again, you said the first step is to read your own body. Yes. The second is to take your power back. And, you know, like what, like, you know, what are some of the tips or advice that you give to people, uh, uh, or guidance to take your power back? Well, the first thing is to acknowledge how you're feeling. Yes. And uh, like genuinely. So you sit in your body and you ask yourself. So let me explain first. If you're out of your power, you're either feeling angry, sad, or fearful. Mm. And at the moment, you can get any of them for nothing. They're free. They're just... Oh, they're free, yeah. One for everybody in the audience. Yes, that's about the size of it. So if one... one And I would... Now, maybe my memory could be faulty here, but when I started, I used to think I was able to separate them. Whereas I find now any clients that are coming to me, people in general have all three. So if all three... is if you carry all three in that moment, you have, a, you have a master lesson to learn. It's not just a small little, these are big lessons. Yeah. 
So you acknowledge how your body's, so you acknowledge the feeling. And so how do you know you're angry? So anger you hold in your jaws. So they're around your teeth. So if your jaws are tight, you're angry. Mm-hmm. If you have pressure there in your chest, you're sad. And fear we hold in our tummies. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this would come up when I teach you how to read your body, but I don't, we don't, we don't have a long enough podcast for that. So, um, so it's small thing like this is, I would say this has been really important when you're reading the body and you have a pain on your shoulders or a burden on your shoulders, that's telling you you're controlling. Yeah. And if you're, if you're burden on your shoulders, your lower back automatically is weak because the, the lower back is the belief I won't be supported unless I carry. So it's, it's a bit like the difference between a dog and a cat, a dog, would spend his time trying to make you happy and he probably has far more pain whereas a cat just thinks no your job is your job is to honor me yeah I so you. we we kind of have yeah. to be more like cats than more like cats yeah yes yes because here i'm wandering again i'd say about 12 years ago this cat turned over my door and i thought no, i didn't like them really oh. but i've this little guy has taught me so much in life well, cats, I suppose, do you know the way to say cats, dogs look up to you and cats yeah. kind of look down on you? Now, that's probably not fair to cats. No, I don't think it is. I think they're, I think they're full of wisdom, though. Cats are so wise. And look, at, like, again, I love dogs and cats. I just love animals. But, yeah. like, I, I hear what you mean. Like, I, I suppose a dog is going to be more the people pleaser and yes. the, the doormat and yes. the giver. Yeah. Whereas a cat still have so much love and so much wisdom, but they're just more independent. They're more. Yes. They're, they're more, in their got, power. They're, they're in, in their, their power. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're so much more kind of um, present. And, yes. You know, mindful. You know, and and they'll survive without you. Not we think that is cruel, but no, that's a real gift that they're. That's beautiful. They choose to be with you. They don't need you, but they choose it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm here. I am. I'm probably annoying you. I'm jumping all over the place. No, so, I love it. I love it. So I suppose to, uh, we should. Uh, I suppose, for, like you know, to, to maybe kind of tap into you that to your inner cat more and to be more. Yes. Because I know in Buddhism, Maraid, I'm I'm a big kind of uh, student of Buddhism, yeah. and in, in Buddhism to say that in life, I think it was Alan Watts said it. In life, you know, we're all like you know, the, the way a cat falls out of a tree. Yeah. And as soon as we're born, we're all like cats falling out of a tree. And you can be as anxious and tense and stressed as you want. Yeah. Or you can be as relaxed and free yes. and just accepting as you want. And that's how a cat lands gently yes. because they just yes. relax. Yes. So, yes. you know, again, coming back to the cat, there's huge wisdom in how a cat lives their life. Well, I, I mean, I go back to my little guy when he walks over me and I, I don't mean that in a bad way you hardly feel him but if he sits on you there's a weight yeah and it's kind of interesting that whatever way they're engineered there's no burden on them unless they sit on you that's right and i suppose how again coming back to how light they are like to, yes. to be lighter in yourself yes and to yes be kind of you know more um connected to yourself again not controlling anyone but not yeah but it it takes anyone to control you it takes a long this is not a quick fix to learn not not. because we're you see 
it's not just me it's my conditioning i'm a blueprint of my parents and yeah. they were a blueprint of theirs so yeah. i'm the front line of generations of people that behaved or believed certain things yeah so you know we talk about hereditary illnesses i don't buy into that i i believe we have hereditary belief systems that cause my the illnesses yeah it's like my journey everyone in my family dies some re- related heart condition both sides of my family so i thought so i i was going why is this happened to me but i realized no this is the gift i can look back at that whole experience with the doctor or even my flight and say i was given a gift here because yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't ask for it to be changed because it brought me somewhere on a journey that i wouldn't have gone on unless i got these wake-up calls yeah Absolutely. Uh, nothing happens for a reason. No, yes. Or, uh, sorry, everything happens for a reason. Yes, yes. Uh, nothing happens for nothing. Everything happens yes. for a reason. Yeah. Okay, so the first step you're saying is to heal your is, own body. And again, it, be is more to read, like... But to read cash. your body. Is to, to, read your, to, to read your body, yeah. So my body is telling me then what's going on. The second one is I have to take my power back. Take your power back, yeah. So it, to understand taking your power back, you need to acknowledge what you're feeling. So you need to acknowledge the, the feeling in your body, whether it's anger, sadness, or fear, or... Quite possibly at the moment, it's usually all three are being triggered. Yeah. Then acknowledge what those three emotions are doing to your body. How does that make me feel? And do you think, like, again, like, you know, coming back to just a, in, a, in a practical sense, to actually name that, to say, like, I feel angry, I feel sad, I feel, uh, uh, you know, fearful. Oh, yeah, I think you have to name it. But that's, so that's the second step of, there's a practice, there's a five questions you answer, you ask here. So you go back and say, how you're feeling, mm-hmm. how, how, you, how the feelings make you feel. So how the, what are they physically doing to my body? So mm-hmm. if I hold anger, what's it doing? Is it making me strong, make me feel weak? If it's feeling me, and generally it makes us very weak. So what, how is my body trying to communicate with me? Because I'm really into how the body communicates. Mm-hmm. So the third one then is we take responsibility for it. So I did this to me. So let's pretend you and I have a disagreement and I can say, no, it's all Brian's fault. No, it's not. I've allowed it into my body. Mm. So, so when I own this and say, okay, this has happened, but I've allowed these emotions into my body. If I'm in my power, that wouldn't happen. Yes. Um, so that's the first three questions. The next one is ask the body if it's willing to let it go or not. And now we're all love saying, yeah, yeah, it is. And I can tell you, no, the body oh, never answers that. So the fifth part, it, the body is never willing to let it go. So the fifth part, which I think is a crucial piece, is put your consequence in place. So what will happen to me if I leave this here? And in my case, it was what well, I was going to die. So that was a big enough consequence. So, so that's the big tester to say, right, okay, my body isn't willing to let this go. But if it doesn't, what's going to happen? Yes. That's the wake-up call. That's the wake-up call. But those, and you can't, you have to answer each one of those questions. Now, it might sound simple because there's a bit of work in this. Um, but it's only when the consequence is painful enough can you actually move from where you're at. Because yeah. I was a poor me. My, well, we'll address that in a second. You have to look at what your control ram is then. But it's, when we put the consequence in place, well, if I, if I don't address this, 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 this or could, ha- could happen and make the consequence painful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and very painful. So the more painful it is, the more likely you're to let it go. Yeah. And then the second question is, 
and, and your choices are whether you're a poor me or you're aloof. So if you're a poor me, the question is, are you ready to stop feeling sorry for yourself? Now, I used to hate that question. I found that really difficult to answer at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And as a poor me, I find the best way to come out of that is to laugh at something, preferably at, preferably at myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, this, or, and so the other one then is the aloof. Are you ready to be present in life in this moment and okay with its discomfort? Mm-hmm. And I, from all the aloofs I met, that question is very challenging. Because, yeah, so it's to... So it's to be present in the discomfort at this moment. Mm. So a loose don't like discomfort. Poor me's are very happy in discomfort. We love misery. Yeah, well, I suppose the poor me, I'm almost thinking here, like the poor me is kind of feeling too much. Yes. And the aloof is yes. feeling too little. Well done. That's so it in I a nutshell. Yeah. It's, it's kind of coming for, for all of us. And look, at, I'm getting huge be- benefit and insight from this conversation, Mairead. The benefit is, I suppose, you know, I suppose the, the, the trick is to be in the middle. Yes, it, yes, it is. But it, sure, everything in life is balanced. But yeah, I have balance. to. I, well, there's no balance in the world at the moment. So you can say, well, everyone out there, nobody is in control. Yeah, but I, if, we're not, if we're going to change this world we're living in, we individually have to sweep outside our own front door. We need yeah. to be worrying about, I needn't worry about next door. I yeah. need to, and that. Start out your own backyard, yes, your own yes, bedroom or whatever. Yes. Your own bed first. Yes. And, but this, this takes work. Trust me, it takes work. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm only scanning over it today so that you kind of have a, have an understanding of what this journey is about. But I can tell you that saved my life. But it and I didn't learn it. I, I possibly spend years learning it. Maybe yeah. now I can see with clients they can move through it a bit quicker, because mm. we're we're living in chaos at the moment. Yeah, I, I, externally, it's yes, absolute and uncertainty, and there's fear, and there's you know um, a lot of stress. We're all swimming in a sea of stress. But again, like. As you said, like a, a lot of people are looking externally, they're trying yeah. to control externally, yes. and that's not going to happen. I, no. I love a saying, and I've said it a lot in the last few podcasts: "Don't try and calm the storm. No. Calm, calm yourself, and the storm will pass." Yes, I would agree with you. So if I'm looking outside of me, then I'm not looking at myself. So if I'm looking at fixing you, uh-uh, I have no right to. Let's look at me. So if yeah. you, if you and I have a disagreement. And this is kind of where we're going in the world as well. It's very mm-hmm. easy for me to say it's all your fault. Yeah. That's easy. If I can, let's pretend we did. Let me say at least I'm some bit of responsibility for it. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. But even by even taking 10% of responsibility rather than none at all, it wouldn't be happening in my life unless I had to address something. Yeah. Um, and there's power in that. There's no power in saying it's somebody else's fault. It wouldn't be. Life wouldn't bring it. Life wouldn't bring it to my front door unless I had something to learn from it. And what if it's hidden a wound that I already have? There is the the gift or the less. There is the gift of what I have to learn. Yeah. I love that. I love that, Maria. That's powerful. That's really powerful stuff. That is powerful stuff. And yeah, again, it's all about people. You know. Again, kind of reclaiming their own power yes. and their own energy. And a, a big thing that's come up in on this podcast, Marid, um, is and you know, like 
the, the, the power of having boundaries. Now, like, you know, like a lot of people, again, the, 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 you know, they talk about, you know, kind of trying to control people or being controlled yeah. by people. And, but again, they, they don't have their own boundaries. But again, yes. that's all a part of knowing yourself. And, it's, you know, it's all part of it in your power. That is a boundary in its own right. Yeah. But I suppose maybe I didn't highlight this enough. When, I, when I'm not in my power, Everyone around me influences how I feel and they hit the wounds I already have. That's right. So I can put a boundary into that, but unless I heal the wound, I'm going to constantly get hit. Yeah, because and look, again, I know from my journey, like, um, and again, I've kind of done research on this about having those boundaries. You know, if it, it, a boundary is healthy for you and the other person. Because yeah. you know, it, 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 there's a line between where you stop and the end, and yes. what, the kind of behavior or how you're willing to be treated. Yeah. But also, as you said, if you're putting up boundaries and not kind of looking at you know your own past, yeah. and your own kind of issues, and your yeah. own kind of you know uh, where you're triggered, it, it, boundaries are just it's just put like putting on armor. It's like having a, a kind of a big kind of. Uh, a wound over your chest or your arm and putting armor over it yes. and okay that kind of protects you from you know like from from being kind of hurt further but like it, it's not looking at the actual wound is it no and it's also when i put armory up all i'm doing is disconnecting from life so what i was going That's to right. say is yeah a loose are better at what looks like boundaries than poor me's yeah because just come back into what the poor me is our our value is to suffer so yeah. we can never we never win anyway that's the thing about a poor me and the aloof thinks their strength is putting armory but all you're doing is living in denial and i'm thinking learn to be in your power and then you have a boundary yeah but to learn to be in your power you're you are you have to undo a lot of the belief systems you're brought up with yeah and a lot of it is looking back to childhood isn't it um, well, how I would see it, it, it's like a garden. Your five years, what you plant in the first seven years of your life is really what you're going to spend the, less, the rest of your life cultivating. Yeah. And I suppose it's to really look at my, from my work in mental health, we know that, you know, um, it's trauma-led care. In yes. Health that up to 90%, maybe more of mental health illness comes from childhood trauma. Yes. From that kind of, you know, as you said, from zero to seven, where yeah. you're kind of downloading kind of and your environment and your caregivers. Yes. And I suppose a lot of people are reluctant to look back at that time because they don't want to point a finger or to blame, you know, parents or but caregivers. It's, if you if, see, if we're blaming, we're not taking responsibility. Rather, yeah. It's better probably to come back and say, hang on, what was what so i i have to learn the opposite to what i experienced so if i have pain so if i'm angry mm. if the emotions come up in anger and i can say oh it's because of no 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 what's what do i have to learn so i have to earn i have to learn the opposite mm. so the story is i can't undo that the story is whatever it is and i'm not making light of people's pain yeah but that is the story yeah the lesson is how it made me feel yeah so, so what am I going to learn from that? I have to learn to be the opposite of what it made me feel. Yeah. And uh, look, we touched on it earlier on, but let's say if you were feeling kind of from childhood, you feel unloved yeah. or, or angry or yeah. like, let's say, you know, unsupported. What, what's yeah. the opposite to that is love and support and yeah. self-compassion. 
so that's that's what the story the story is only just to bring my attention to so i have this is what i have to learn then yeah but when well i should speak for myself I found it quite hard to take those three steps. I was grounded. Yeah, but this happened. But you don't understand this happened. It doesn't matter what happens. Mm. It's, am I willing? The story is what it is, but mm. I have to learn the opposite of what, how it made me feel. If it's a wound. It's really like, I tell you, Maria, I worked in Australia, in Sydney, in most of the A&Es in Sydney, and they had um, on in kind of storage, anti-venom. So basically any, any snake that was yeah. in Sydney, uh, you know, brown or black or whatever, if you were bitten by a black snake, let's say, and you went into A&E, they gave you a black snake anti-venom. Now, there was no point in... Um, you know, taking a brown snake anti-venom. So, you know, like, it's, uh, I almost imagine it like that, like, I, as in looking back at your childhood and saying, right, you know, like, yeah. it's not about blame, it's not about pointing fingers, no. because we're encouraged to not be critical of adults when we were kids or to not kind of, you know, point a finger and have respect for, you know, elders and stuff. And that's all well and good. But again, just taking a kind of a black and white, view on the story and saying right well that happened and that's how I felt and the kind of the you know the anti-venom or the kind of the you know the solution to that is to is to see the lesson in it and where there was you know where there was you know a lack of support or lack of love to kind of replace that with love and support but but if I blame the person who didn't give it to me they they can only give me what they have so I my purpose in this life is to learn it yeah so it, it's never i'm never about the other person yeah and june come back to the families were born were born in, i have to be fair i was i had an extraordinary mother she was very capable and and she had a hard enough she was bringing five kids up on her own so she had a heart but if i was looking i could my mother could only give me what she had so yeah. me looking me looking for what i see she didn't give me she can't give me if she hasn't got it. Yeah. So th- then my journey is to find it in me. That's what an adult is about. But if I'm blaming anybody for, well, I didn't get this or I didn't get that, that's I, I can never get anywhere then. I have to come back and say, this is my journey is to learn this. Yeah. And that's what responsibility is. Yeah. And that's what it all comes down to because, again, yes. you know, the quick fixes that are around at the moment, um, you know, like, this is a long-term thing this is a long-term journey and you you can only do it from the inside out yeah and i suppose i'm what i'm passionate about is to teach people how to heal themselves that's it i don't have i i can't heal anyone but i can give you the tools yeah and that this like i do a certain amount of physical healing that actually was a gift that was given to me on this journey i would see everything i'm given as a gift i used to be able to do any physical healing and i couldn't make sense of it even when I got the gift, but I would actually feel where people had their pain in their bodies. And I, and I can, so you can basically pain, as I said before, as a precursor to illness, they can, that can be cleared easy enough, but to, how would I, how would I put this is if I'm blaming someone for the pain I'm in, then that's being a sin in my childhood. I've said, no, no, I'm an adult. Mm. I, this is what I came here for and the the family tree is a fascinating thing as well yeah. if, I, if I plant an apple tree I'm not going to get pears out of it so mm. I have to go back my belief systems had made me what I am and they're the, the, the lessons I choose to take on in this lifetime yeah 
So there's no, there's no, and it's only when you can look at the gift in it, do you realize, okay, this is what happened. So I could learn this. But if I'm stuck and say, no, it's your fault that I'm feeling the way I am, then I'm stuck for life. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, life is what it is, but I can't, I, I can't change what has happened. I can, I have a, so my, my power is, let me see what I leave after me. And, I'm a big fan that we'd be better off none of us leaving if we left nothing after us. We were kind of caught in, you know, the uh, when someone passed away, the, how much money they leave. I think the best thing is if no one needs anything now. And I'm not anti-inheritance, whatever people want to leave, that's good and well. But let's not leave anger, sadness, fear after us. And what I'm seeing also lately, huge amount, is that what's not learned is being left after us. Well, what's learned and what isn't learned is left after us. So if you have someone who's angry, when they die, that just goes down to the family. Someone else takes it on. Doesn't yeah. it disappear? Or everyone takes a little bit. So that's what the family, I see that's what family's about, not anything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, that's powerful stuff, Marids. And thank you so much for sharing that with me. And again, just about the amazing work that you're doing. Again, and teach people to regain control of their lives yes. and to live more healthfully from the inside out. Yes. And that's the that's the you know, that's the, the you know, that's the main way to heal and to self you know, self care and that yeah. Can, self-love self-compassion yeah from the inside out and look at like i'm oh, i'm learning that myself um you know so like it's it's um you know it, it's it's a journey but it's worth it's well worth taking so thank you so much for sharing that with me and can you tell me that how you mind you well basically that exercise is crucial to my i live it i don't it's not an abstract thing i i sit every day and say am I in my power and well straight away if I know I'm not in my power I'm look, not looking after myself yeah. so if I have any of those emotions in my body I do that practice I do that exercise um, as I say it takes a little while to learn it and then practical things um, actually when I started this journey the f- and I, again it wasn't per se by choice but I stopped drinking now we never had a drink problem but it just made me quite sick um, as my energy changed I couldn't tolerate alcohol at all yeah. Um, and then I, because uh, when I went into a pub, I would be coughing all the time because I was taking everybody's pain. Yeah. Um, I, my diet, I also knew had to be changed. I probably my biggest addiction in life was sugar. Mm-hmm. And I realized that was another poison in my body. And I won't say I always manage it, but I've got a lot better. I don't eat that much anymore. Yeah. So I kind of look at what I'm eating. Yeah. Um, sleep would be vital as well. Oh yeah, the other big thing is I don't have a TV anymore. Best thing I ever did in my life. Mm-hmm. So I I don't I I don't bombard myself with that sort of stuff. Um, I I love to swim. I find that just clears clears my body, clears my head. It keeps me kind of strong. I I would be mindful when I'm not working is the people I spend time with. So I don't. Uh, like nobody needs to be perfect, but I do. I don't necessarily when when I'm off. I don't want to be carrying, you know, a lot of uh, baggage. Or I'm more mindful of the people I spend time with. Yeah. Um, let me see what else. I used to love traveling. I suppose I still do. I'm just not doing as much as I used to. I love going new places. Um, uh, I read a lot. 
Um, but I think it's probably probably the most important thing. So I need time off because of the work I do. But when I do spend time with people, I'm very pretty selective about always spend time with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Qu- quantity, not quality. Yes. Sorry, quality, not quantity. Yes, yes, very much so. Whereas I wouldn't have been as selective as that before. Whereas I am now, because I kind of when I'm working, I'm working. When I'm not working, then I'm I'm very choosy about that. Yeah, I love that, Maria. That's been a big lesson for me as well. Quality over quantity. Yes. Absolutely. And you, you don't need a whole lot of friends. You just need you only need one or two really good ones. And you can have plenty of acquaintances, but just be mindful of where your energy is going or who's feeding off your energy. And yeah, um, I, I used to work in Dublin oh, a couple of years ago. I'd go up and down the train. And I remember on, on a Sunday, I'd be with, sitting in Houston. And I invariably somebody would sit down beside me and they would tell me their life story. And I might not open my mouth at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can remember this man sitting down beside me and he proceeded to tell me he was having an affair. And I kind of just sat there in a knot. <laughs> and then his train was called and he was gone. And I was thinking that's I was getting a lot of that and thinking, OK, once I don't take it on, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it was so when your energy changes um, the more more unusual things happen, as in people can offload on you. But I'm okay with it once I don't hold it. Absolutely. Doesn't matter what people tell me, but I I don't feel any need to judge, criticize, or anything. And you remember he when he was getting up, he said thanks thanks a million for that, and I did nothing only I listened to him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. looking after yourself, it's not that you have to disconnect from the world. Once I don't, it's not it's not my burden or it's not my place to fix anyone. And I suppose that's self-care. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the ripple effect of that goes yes. out the world. Yes. And absolutely. you can't you, you pretend as well. People, whether we're aware or not, we can all actually see and, and feel energy. Just how do, you, how do you feel with somebody? And yeah. that's what you trust. And it doesn't mean that they, it has to be all sweetness and light. But when you're with someone who's really honest and they're not stealing your energy off you, you know it. Because they don't leave a burden. Absolutely. I love that, Maria. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Not at all. And I I hope I wasn't wondering too much. Not at all. I I, I love it. Like, again, I've learned so much and it's been so inspiring to hear you talk about that. And where can people find you? Uh, Well, my website is mariahagney.ie or wellnessmastery.ie. This comes into the same um, address. I'm based in Athlone. and anyone who's interested, I'd be delighted to see them. Cool. Um, but to realize it's, I teach you how to heal yourself. I don't do the healing. Yeah. I, do, I, I do physical healing, all right, but I don't do, and um, the emotional one is the journey that you have to be prepared to, or whoever it is, has to be prepared to take responsibility for your own life. Yeah. And that's what my passion is. Yeah. And again, we're all on our own unique yes. journeys and that healing and that wisdom and that, you know, that, um, you know, living more authentically has to come from the inside out, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we all have this wisdom in us. We don't need to necessarily learn it somewhere because it's yeah. there already. It's there. Yeah. And, and we kind of trust that. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of have to undo some of the beliefs we grew up with that are not serving us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look at Maria, thank you so much for sharing with me that amazing journey that you've been on yourself. 
and that you continue to be on and the that toolkit that you have and the amazing way that you're helping people and again teaching people to regain control of their yeah. own lives yes more healthily from the inside out yeah and for sharing with me how you mind you and keep up the great work and best of luck with everything that you do in the future not at all brian and thank you very much you made it so much easier than i thought it would be so <laughs> i wasn't looking forward to it it was brilliant. Thank you. So you're a, you're a natural. And thank you so much. Not at all. You take care of yourself. Thanks, Maria. Thanks. Bye, Brian. Thank you so much for listening to Mind You. And I hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care. Please like, subscribe and follow Mind You Podcast wherever you listen to it. And please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world. You can find me and mind you at brianbarneswellbeing.com.